Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 1.04% APR for 36 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of Charts at Billboard. Joining me, as always, is Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital, Katie Atkinson. Hi, Katie. Hi there. I'm actually waving at Waving. Katie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm still waving. You're still waving. <laughs> there's there's uh, uh, actions that you cannot We're see. We're just greeting. We're but this greeting was a vodcast other. or a vlog. Vodcast? Is that a word? Nope. It is now. I mean, I think vlog is a thing. But, like, people do, do like, videotaped podcasts. That's a total vodcast. Yeah. You just invented that. We can barely get it together to do an audio podcast. <laughs> I don't know if we can handle a, a vlog. Please, God, don't bring cameras in here. A vodcast. <laughs> Yeah, well, why? Do we look like crap? You'll see my new Post Malone face tattoo if you bring cameras mm. in here. <laughs> it says eternally under one eye, and the other one says editing. Yes, <laughs> always be editing. Always be editing. <laughs> um, well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. Yeah. <laughs> in addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got news about Kanye West, Post Malone, and the one and only Supreme Diva, Diana Ross. Um, And I'll take this part. (laughs) Uh, Plus, we've got an interview with Chromio. Uh, Dave One and P Thug came into the office to chat about their fifth studio album, Head Over Heels. And Katie was very excited about this. Very excited. So stick around for that a little bit later. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider, so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Yeah, uh, the Chartbeat podcast that Gary and Trevor host recently had Florida Georgia Line on it. They have some great people. I mean, people like talking about your charts. Yeah. Keith's specific charts. I mean, we've got some (laughs) decent people on our show, too. That's true. I, I think so, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that, Gary and Trevor. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, I'm kidding. Um, well, let's hit some of the biggest chart news this week, according to me. First up, Kanye West notches his eighth consecutive number one album on the Billboard 200 chart as Yay! 
bows atop the list with 208,000 equivalent album units earned in the week ending June 7th, according to Nielsen Music. Now, get this, only three acts have tallied eight number ones in a row in the chart's history. West matches Eminem and The Beatles. West has topped the list with every single one of his albums except for his debut effort, The College Dropout, which debuted and peaked at number two back in 2004. And Eminem similarly hit the top with every one of his albums except for his debut, The Slim Shady LP, which also debuted and peaked at number two. As for the Beatles, they logged their string of eight straight toppers between 1965 and 1968. Um, Kanye and Eminem both debuted at number one with... Uh, uh, eight. Uh, All of these eight yes, albums. They, they debuted at number one, mm-hmm. those eight albums. The Beatles did not, because mm. you didn't debut at number one in the 60s. Back in the day. That's just not the way it worked. But still pretty cool to say that Kanye and Eminem and the Beatles all have something pretty unique in common. And you may be wondering, like, wait, haven't I heard? Like, didn't, you know, didn't so-and-so have a bunch of number ones? Like, yeah, like, you know, one person may have had more than eight, but they weren't all consecutive right and we're also when i'm looking at kanye and eminem and the beatles chart history i'm literally looking at you know you got eight in a row if eight of those things that debuted on the chart went to number one so if you're beyonce and you have some stray live albums that slip in there that don't go to number one that's a that your consecutive is gone i mean you we can frame it a different way and say consecutive studio albums Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. hit number one sure um Speaking of which, mm-hmm. uh, before we move on, next week, uh, Mr. West will likely yield the top slot to Dave Matthews Band as the group is on course for its seventh number mm-hmm. one with Come Tomorrow. Industry forecasters suggest the set could launch with over 250,000 equivalent album units earned in the week ending June 14th. Damn. And that would be their seventh consecutive studio album to hit number one. Wow, there it is. They've had a bunch of live things in between yes. that didn't go to number one. But incredibly, going from 1998 until presumably this goes to number one, they'll have all of their studio efforts will have hit number one, which wow. is pretty crazy. Yes. Um, Quiz Katie time. Oof. Can you name three of the seven acts that have more number one albums than Kanye West? So back to this is not consecutively. This is just, just more number ones. Just, just the more number ones. Period. The first person who came into my mind, because we were just writing about this recently, was Jay-Z. Correct. He is, um, he is one of the seven that have more. He I has, remember like reporting that, but it, but his weren't consecutive. There's no, something in there. He has there. a bunch of stuff in between. Okay. He has 14 number ones. Wow. I know. That's wild. Um, something else. Well, Beyonce came to mind as well. Nope, not yet. Not yet. I think she has six or seven right okay. now. Um, six, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. More number one albums. We just mentioned one of them a second ago. A really popular act. Kind of known as the Fab Four. Oh, wait. Oh, the Beatles. I, I didn't think we were addressing the people that we'd already mentioned, Eminem and the Beatles. The Beatles have more They just than have just more eight. because they didn't... Okay, not just the, the Beatles have a total of 19 number ones, wow. which is the most ever. So, like, Elvis? Elvis has 10. Okay. You, you, got, you, got, you got my uh, what I wanted correct. You just had to name three. Oh, good. Seven. Yay. So, the Beatles have the most with 19. Yes. Followed by Jay-Z with 14. Bruce Springsteen and Barbra Streisand with 11 each. Elvis Presley with 10, mm-hmm. and then tied with nine each are the Rolling Stones and Garth Brooks. And then there's a bunch of folks with eight tying with Kanye. That is the real upper echelon 
like of music yep. right there. Like yep. the, <laughs> sales don't lie. Um, well, next up, Post Malone's Psycho featuring Ty Dolla Sign rises 2 to 1 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, giving Post Malone his second number one after Rockstar. Um, Psycho has been percolating in the top five for the past 14 weeks, never going lower than number five. It debuted in the top five. Uh, this week, it bumps Drake's Nice For What from number one down to number two, thanks to Psycho's lead in Airplay. Uh, Psycho is the second biggest song on the radio airwaves this week, believe it or not, uh, as it climbs four Four to two on the radio songs chart. Notably, Psycho climbs to number one on the Hot 100 in its 15th week on the list, which is the slowest climb to number one for a rap song since 2013, when Macklemore and Ryan Lewis's Thrift Shop took 16 weeks to get to number one. Because usually rap songs have a much faster ascent or they debut at number one. Sure, it's unusual that rap songs have like a slow and steady climb to mm-hmm. number one because you know usually people react very fast to rap songs. And to your point, Psycho has been something that I've been hearing creeping into my pop radio a lot more, yeah. so that's why. Yeah. Um, and lastly, a lot of yes, for a lot of, it's been creeping into your pop radio. Yeah, like on pop, I'm listening to Kiss FM out here in LA, oh, yeah. and you're hearing Psycho, which you didn't when it first came out. No, uh, usually, uh, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yes, all those things that Katie just said. <laughs> and lastly, it's Pride Month, and helping to kick off the celebration is the return of a gay anthem to the charts. Diana Ross's I'm Coming Out. I'm bu- coming. I'm coming. <laughs> uh, by way of its debut on the Dance Club Songs chart in a new mashup with Ross's own Upside Down. Uh, the mashup bows at number 42 on the chart this week, giving Ross her 19th chart entry. Back in 1980, the then-new Upside Down single spent four weeks at number one on the Hot 100, while its follow-up single, I'm Coming Out, peaked at number five. Oh, what a time for Diana Ross. Those were great songs. It, 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 all from the same album. Wild. Uh, the album... Was it uh, called Diana or was it called Ross? <laughs> I, th- I think it was just Diana. Okay. <laughs> um, and it was produced by Chic. Of course it was. Uh, produced and written by Sheik. You'll appreciate. I was listening to uh, Sirius XM The Groove this weekend, and they were uh, live streaming or live playing the uh, Sheik Nile Rodgers set from Bonnaroo. Oh, cool. And the cool thing about hearing that is that he produced and they produced so many things that, like, you know, you're like, oh, wait, that's not a Sheik song. That's not, you know, like, but it's a song that, you know, was produced by Nile. And so there was just, like, this wide variety of really cool songs. Did you, uh, I think, I'm sure they probably kind of do the same set list. Um, did they do the, um, the lady, hear me tonight? Oh, God, I love that song. Is that produced by Nile Rogers? It's a sample of uh, Soup for One by Sheik. Did not know that. So, so Mojo sampled. Wow. Soup for one. Because it's like soup for one. Dun, but it's like the wow. same. The same dun, melody. Dun, dun, or dun, same, dun, oh, dun, yeah. Oh, which dun, is dun, 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 the reason that song is so which great. Is, and, you know, so. Wow. When, and I remember when I saw them at. Um, oh, Hyde Park, right? Hyde Park yeah. with British Summertime Festival. Um, like, I knew. Like, I know chic stuff. Sure. And I know what Nile Rodgers has produced. But when he had, he, when he had the band and him do that where they would like like do a little bit of later here he's like oh yeah you like that it came from this and he's like soup for what everyone like everyone's like mind blown yeah because they're like oh you've known chic all this time you just maybe didn't know oh sure i mean the arguably like the first kind of first rap song rapper's delight by sugar hill gang 
samples good times. Yeah. Yeah. As we fall into a chic hole. Well, you know, the, the people listening enjoy that as Friend well. Friend of the podcast now, Rogers. Exactly. Our former, he, he, he co-hosted the show he once. Co- yeah. And he, not just a guest, a co-host. Yes, co-host. Come back to the, come back to the five and dime, Niall. <laughs> Um, well, time to Should move we... on to some news, Katie. Yeah, let's talk some news. Um, well, Bonnaroo happened this past weekend, <laughs> <laughs> as I mentioned. But uh, the real big headline is kind of some breaking news because we record the podcast on Monday. So here we are recording on Monday, and we just got the bombshell of the news that Ariana Grande is engaged to Pete Davidson. Uh, her very public relationship with Pete, which started three weeks ago to the day officially At least we found out about it of. i mean for all we, we know they've been dating for a year well that mac miller might not appreciate that oh. <laughs> but they uh they went public you know within the last three weeks and uh and billboard has confirmed that they are now engaged so wow. these kids crazy the, kids these kids these days they move fast they move fast but you know uh Love at first sight, evidently. Uh, indeed. And, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of, like, Instagram photos of the two of them. They also went to the Kanye uh, Kid Cudi listening session we, we last saw, week in L.A. Uh, we, we Stephen Horowitz, who you've heard on this show before, saw them in the flesh together. Indeed. I don't know if they were canoodling, but they were definitely <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> I don't know if they were, quote, unquote, showing off their love. Uh, Sorry. This flaunting. Is flaunting their love. <laughs> That's like, we're just making fun of dumb headlines. Uh, we're making fun of write. the internet. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ariana herself has pseudo confirmed this by going on twitter and liking a bunch of fan tweets congratulating her on her engagement yeah by the time you guys hear this she could have this already will be like, like way confirmed she probably. could have already like tweeted out her registry yeah we're, we're just now sitting with this news so i'm sure you know by tuesday or later when you hear this uh this will be this will be old news Total by then old news. <laughs> um well congratulations ariana MP. yeah it's awesome i yeah. like i like young love um, mm-hmm. Some other news. Uh, last week on the podcast, we had Rebecca Millsoff, our uh, Billboard on Broadway podcast host. And uh, the Tony Awards, we talked all about those last week. And now they have happened this past Sunday. And it turns out Rebecca really knows Broadway. She because, went two for two. Yeah, we talked about the, the two big musical categories for the new musical and revival of a musical. And uh, she predicted both. Well, this is why she hosts the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I'm like concerned. Like if we did a Grammy podcast with her, I don't think we could guess all of the like top four winners. No, I'm pretty sure that we've consistently not gotten not done all that. four. <laughs> We've gotten close. Yes. Um, um, but yeah, so the, the big winners um, of those categories, the new musical award was to The Band's Visit. Starring Tony Shalhoub of Monk fame. Sure. Um, <laughs> and and you said when you saw the was it was that the performance that you were just like oh yeah. my gosh over? Yeah, I like so you know I'm I have not seen any of these shows as we talked about last week, um, and so it was all pretty new to me watching you know these musical numbers from them. And when Tony Shalhoub and I believe it's Katrina Lank is the name of the star actress in the in the musical when they performed their song. I was bowled over by her. She was just captivating. It was a captivating performance. And I don't know that I've ever like been watching something where I've been so certain that, you know, she and the musical deserved to win everything they were up for because the performance was, sh- was just it bowled me over completely. Wow. Um, so yes, if you've not seen that CBS actually has uh, all the performances on, on uh, YouTube. Oh, um, so that's I was unusual. actually able to watch the, uh, the emotional highlight of the night, which was um, they honored the um, 
the I believe it was drama teacher from Stoneman Marjorie uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas um, High School, which was of course the site of the Parkland, uh, Florida shooting of February. Um, they honored the drama teacher, and then there was a performance by um, the drama club singing uh, "Seasons of Love" from Rent, hmm. and it was like everybody in the crowd just crying and one girl had this incredible solo vocal moment that you know you could see people just like reacting so beautifully to and then of course the message of you know love in the face of such you know horror and hate right was a pretty touching wow you know performance huh well and then robert de niro said f trump right (laughs) And um, uh, um, Once on this Island won for Best Revival of a Musical yes. as well. And I think that was the only award it won the entire night. It, that's true. But and it, a it, lot of people talked on Twitter about the fact that Alex Newell, another friend of the podcast. Former podcast guest. He yes. stars in the show, but was not nominated. And yeah. he was the centerpiece of their performance on oh. the Tony Awards. And after they performed, people were just like, wait, why wasn't Alex Newell nominated? Like, And then they ended up winning. So then it was really, you know, kind of... Like surprising that you know I wasn't. It, it could be just one of those things where there were like um, certain categories. There was probably a lot of competition. Oh yeah, you know, like we on the show last last week when we had Rebecca on, she was talking about how certain certain um, like the best musical and best revival of the musical categories. Um, there was kind of like slim pickings, mm-hmm. but maybe for the performing performance categories um, for featured actor and actresses you know i'm not sure if alex newell was billed as the star of the show Mm -hmm. um which is i I, so i can't really comment but you know maybe in whatever category alex was like considered for it was just a lot of competition yeah i mean to your point that that featured actor category is very uh often filled with huge celebrity names i mean nathan lane won that category for for, uh, best uh play yeah for the play i should say for play not andrew garfield won for actor yeah yeah i mean you can usually yeah i mean but the woman who won for um the band's visit Mm. she was up against like some broadway heavy hitters oh yeah and she was like bye bye girl and when you saw her performance you saw why yeah exactly um well is it time Time for chromeo uh, now it's time for our interview with Chromeo. We had Dave One and P-Thug into the office to talk all about their fifth studio album, Head Over Heels, which comes out this Friday. Yay! We chatted all about their collaborations on the project, including The Dream, French Montana, and Steph Landon, and there's many more, um, and about all the producers they called up. Um, they called up a, a who's who of funk producers who made all their favorite funk music, basically from the 70s to today, um, and got all of them on this project to make music for them. Um, so take a listen to our chat with Chromeo now. Hello to Chromeo and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for coming in today. Thanks for having us. Of course. Can we start by having you each introduce yourself so the listeners can hear your voices? Yes, I am Dave. Then I am P. And together they are Chromeo. That's right. Um, you are about to release your fifth studio album, Head Over Heels. And I feel like before we even get into the music, I have to address the amazing album cover. Thank uh, you. you know, you had a theme <laughs> of uh, beautiful women's legs on your album covers, but this time you're the ones with the beautiful legs. Mm-hmm. And they're ours. They're <laughs> How all did ours. that idea come about? Well, we felt like. Um, we, we wanted to keep the same imagery, but make it evolve in a more 
kind of self-aware and, and responsible way. Um, we were really happy with our previous artwork and we had gotten great feedback from it over the years, but there were always like slight rumblings of murmurs of like, you know, why are you fragmenting a woman's body or, mm. uh. or even like stuff as innocent as like, oh, well, do you guys like those kinds of skinny legs? Is that your type? Or mm. stuff wow. we never re that never would have occurred to us, but maybe it was, I don't know, maybe, maybe we weren't as attentive as we should have been to certain, you know, kind of sensitive. Sensibilities, yeah. And also on every album cover until now, there was kind of like a dichotomy between the, the, the woman figure and ours and us, mm -hmm. like on, on white women, our previous album, you know, she was like walking in the middle and we were, and um, on this record, we, we wanted to kind of fuse the symbol and the artist mm -hmm. or the subject and the, uh, the well, object or the, ar the artist and the muse or whatever. You quite literally did that. Yeah, so. we did that. So, yeah. and it, wow. it felt, you know, it's still somewhat provocative, but, and, and hopefully aesthetically pleasing, but for us, it, um, it feels like kind of a responsible coming of age. Hmm. It's fun. I feel like it's the perfect, what you just said is perfect because it, it does still seem to represent the, the Chromio image, but like in a fun new way. So right. mm -hmm. that's awesome. And okay. So more importantly, the music, um, We've already gotten a few songs from the album yeah. uh, so far. Uh, can you kind of give us an idea of what the overall like mission statement for this album is in your minds? Totally. Um, the, the mission statement for, for this album for us was to kind of pen uh, uh, kind of this overarching love letter to funk music and the different kinds of funk music that have influenced us throughout the years. Um, since we discovered funk music when we were teenagers all the way until now and you know there were there were funky elements to a lot of music that we've listened to along the way and we wanted to somehow integrate all of that so for instance you know um there's songs that pay homage to kind of like the minneapolis funk sound and, and we've got jesse johnson from the time playing fitting on, yeah fitting <laughs> playing on one of the songs or like you know we were even fans of like some kind of like you know funky late 90s early 2000s R&B and so we got with uh, Rodney Darkchild of to co-produce a song D does he say Darkchild at the beginning of the track <laughs> he did we, yes. we didn't keep it you think that would be contractual with him he's like yeah. if you're going to work with me you have to put Darkchild at the beginning of every track um, <laughs> like not so much there's like there's more soulful stuff there's more like you know we, we were big Lucy Pearl fans and so we got Raphael Sadiq to play guitar and bass and keyboards on the song so there's you know there's a lot of kind of like you know we love we love D'Angelo's voodoo album so you got D'Angelo so, yeah. so we got Pino Palladino yes. you know, I was like bass where's bass. that going yeah but so <laughs> the, po the point was you know there's a bunch of albums older and newer that influenced us and we kind of wanted to create a sum yeah does that make sense yeah, yeah absolutely Plus, also sort of, you know, go back to the real roots of funk. Um, we made this one much more live, mm. just a little less electronic than our previous two or three albums. It's also because nowadays electronic music doesn't sound that electronic anymore. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Our, our last album came out at the peak of EDM, yeah. and now electronic music slowed down, and it's, it, it yeah. itself has evolved towards more of a live thing. Yeah. So it, it was fitting for us to just relax the sound a little bit the yeah. tempos are live slower. instruments live takes live know. takes yeah and and uh and then weaving in some some 
sounds and some artists from today. It's like there's French Montana on the album. There's Stefan Don. There's you know is there's voice there are voices from today's culture and from today's musical landscape that we wanted to bring into Chromio World. Speaking of which, uh, Drama is one of those people, uh, and you performed uh, your single "Must Have Been" uh, with him on the Tonight Show. Um, how did that collaboration come together? I mean, you talked already a little bit about wanting to bring in all these different people. Was that one of the people on your list? Like, no, totally. we got to get him. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And and when we heard his album, uh, the album that came out a couple of years ago, we were like, okay, he's got he's got a funkadelic side to him that people don't necessarily know because you know broccoli was on the radio sure. and he was kind of just. You know, he's the cha-cha guy. Yeah, yeah. he's the cha-cha yeah. guy. Around. And we were like, nah, this guy's like, he's like George Clinton. Yeah. You know? he's so, George Clinton meets ODB meets, yeah, yeah he's a great singer. So yeah. why yeah. not explore that, you know? And we wanted to showcase that on a song. And and he could sing, you know, he could, I can't, I couldn't get away singing that hook. I must have been high, <laughs> but that's just not, but him, it makes perfect sense, uh-huh. you know, so. Um, you actually have, you know, you talked about all the collaborations you have. Um, the Dream is on there as well. Um, and you mentioned French Montana and Stefan Don. Um, are, are these folks that you actually knew beforehand? Were they like people like already on your cell phone? Oh, oh you're shaking your head no. no. <laughs> so you, were you like calling up people like, how do I get a hold of? Yes. Okay. What so was that, like, that's for yeah. all those people, for the Dream, for friendship? Yeah, our, for our, all, manager, yeah. our manager has an ulcer. Yeah. I was going to say, wow. Yeah, our manager has an ulcer. <laughs> who who, I'm kind of curious, who was like the, the we, hardest person to like sort of get a hold of? The dream? Really? That song, man, I heard it when I was shopping the other day. I was really pumped. It just came on, and I was like, oh, this is fitting. I'm going to talk to them next week. And he's just perfect on he's that song. Incredible. Perfect. Yeah. And like, again, that's the side of him that he's had a couple of songs that had that 80s feel. Mm. But we were like, you know, when we hear him, we hear almost like Elder Barge. Mm. And so we wanted to bring that out of him. And again, it's not us reaching and trying to make, you know, a, a record that would sound like one of his albums or his songs. It's him jumping into our universe and just, you know, but being himself. And he wrote the whole thing and all. It was just, you know, it's a fusion. We actually really want to work more with him and maybe do like a little project or something. Ooh, yeah. full-on side project, collaborative yeah. album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually really cool that you mentioned, so you actually have like the literal musicians who worked on these projects you love, yeah. but then you have these modern-day versions of the musicians totally. you love. That's really just a cool concept. Yeah, like we want it to be, because we're kind of at the nexus. You know, we've been doing this for over 10 years, and early on we got, you know, some cosigns from like, you know, some some, some funk royalty or whatever. And at the same time, we exist. If you look at us on, you know, at Coachella, we play the same day as French Montana. We play alongside Post Malone, all those guys. So we're part of, hopefully part of today's music conversation, but our music harkens back to other traditions. And we just want it to be like a nexus mm. for that. And just like pr- presents all the reiterations of funk through the ages. And from the 80s to today, every generation has had its own version of Prince of George mm-hmm. Clinton and it still happens today drama is the perfect example mm-hmm. you just have to find it extract it you know and like it all has it never goes away yeah it never goes away it's always it's always there classic um you're is it, so the world tour starts next week it's yeah well, it started right? yeah okay. it start, it, we did a we did a month in april and then we were doing you know press promo, press <laughs> promo and then you're here yeah and <laughs> here. We'll start again next you're week. technically on tour of billboard right now right. so london Super next glamorous. week right yes. very cool are the fans who come to see you um before uh june 15th when the album drops 
Um, are they going to get to hear some of the new music? Are yeah. they already yeah. doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we've already played the whole album. Like, no, nah, but like, <laughs> everything that's out, they've heard. They, yeah. they, they're mm. going to hear. We've, so. we've been playing one song that hasn't been out. That's not going to be out until the album's out. Oh yeah, that's true, and that, that goes yeah. over really well. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. so you get a little taste of it yeah, to go yeah. early. Um, might any uh, special guests from the album appear live? For sure, guys? yeah. I mean, we don't know. We just we're trying to sort it. Like, Drum does all the TV appearances with us and stuff, and. Yeah, absolutely. Like when that starts happening, yeah. So clearly, the dream will be the easiest person to get up on. Just <laughs> <laughs> he came close to Coachella. So oh. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you also have a great new remix out of Maroon 5's "Wait," and Blonde has a great mix of your song. Must have been too. Who does? Uh, Blonde, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, I feel like crazy. who does? Yeah, no, no, because because we got so many remixes for "Must Have Been." Like we're oh, one, I'm sure there's like one a week coming out for the next two months. <laughs> But like the, the maroon thing, I keep I hear everywhere. Oh, it's on, it's big time on the radio here in LA. That's so crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I that's I heard it and I'm like jamming to. It. I told Keith this when we were first talking about interviewing you. I um, heard the song and I'm like, oh, this is like a new version of the song. Oh, I'm like really digging this. And then I look at my radio and it says Chromeo remix. And I was like, ah, Chromeo. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it was on Amp 97.1. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. It is really funny because she's like, wow, this is great. I wonder. And I'm like. It's like, oh, Chromie, oh, figures. <laughs> like, because Katie is a big fan. Yes, I love it. Um, but yeah, so that was, but it's a great remix. It's, it really steps Thank that you. song up. But I wondered, I was kind of curious about how that process all works. Um, you know, how do um, artists come to you and say, I want to remix your song? And what do you give your blessing to? How do you decide which, you know, which songs you want to remix? We don't do a lot of remixes mm. for other people because we don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> like, it takes, it takes us forever and... On the Maroon 5 thing, like, actually, we, we share the same management as mm-hmm. them, so it kind of came internally, but we we wanted to kind of, we knew what we were going to do mm-hmm. aesthetically to one of their songs, so yeah. it kind of, it, it fulfilled a purpose, mm-hmm. like, and, and we knew we were going to have, we knew we were going to be able to deliver that. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of our music, like, we, we have lists of ideal remixers, and we reach out to them, and also, when there's producers or DJs that you know, reach out to us, we're pretty easy. Like, we'll give them the parts to the song, the stems, and they can go do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. Chromio is a public project. <laughs> open source. I was going to say open source. <laughs> well, because we, we ca- I'm sorry, to cut you, but we, we, we came up at a time, it's funny, like, was, Pete and I talk about it, like, Chromio was born during, like, Gap, where, like, music was not selling. Mm. You know, and it was all about the blogs. Which gap is that? We're still currently like in post that gap. album pre-streaming kind post of album yeah. Pre-streaming. yeah yeah two thousand two to two thousand sixteen. I mean now oh yeah, yeah. Record, record labels make money again now yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what you mean. I yes. just meant like in like traditional albums. No no, but I'm saying like yeah. the music business was you know was oh like yeah everything cool. tanked after like two thousand two right when digital suddenly existed and we didn't have you know NSYNC and Limp Bizkit selling a million albums a week. <laughs> yeah. Those days, <laughs> those great days. Those days. Um, and and so you know blogs where our music was shared were like vital to, to how mm. Chromio kind of got popular and a key thing about those blogs was remix culture you know kind of I don't know if hype machine oh yeah minutes. like that was huge for us so yeah. we stay within that culture and just encourage remixes of our songs yeah before we move on I was kind of curious has Adam uh, or Maroon 5 like specifically said like what they think of the remix that you did I already liked it I don't know his I, voice is perfect for your sound like I thought when I heard it <laughs> yeah it works they it must works. have liked it because they approved it so. yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever been jealous of a remix and thought that their production was a better fit 
Uh, to, for our song? Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> no. No. No, no right but, we, but we've been, no, but we, I mean, we've heard really good ones, but I definitely, the remixes, there are remixes out there that we've heard and we were like, man, like, this is almost better than the original, <laughs> if not almost. better. It's almost. It's not better sometimes. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, as we mentioned earlier, this is your fifth studio album. Um, what is it about the dynamic between the two of you that keeps working, um, you know, all these years later, like, what, 15 years later or so? Crazy. Uh, <laughs> um, share, respect, sharing tasks, trusting each other, um, you know, completing each other. Purple suits. Mm. Purple suits. There's respect a purple suit. For the purple who, suit. who doesn't want to be in the band with this guy? Yeah. <laughs> when you talk about when you talk about sharing tasks and split, like, um, what's an example of that? Like in in a day like today, when you're doing a bunch of press. It, 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 when you go into an interview it's like okay one of us is going to do more of the talking or like I'll handle the you know the business I'll handle these bills over pretty here much, with management yeah, or almost, pretty much that yeah, like today much. I'm on the phone you know while we're in between interviews I'm on the phone doing accounting advancing shows he's on the phone arranging other interviews Man. pretty like, much you know yeah even though we have a huge team around us <laughs> and then right. we, we eat and we're like oh what do you think about this interview oh yeah it's cool oh, that's fun yeah okay right, cool Back on the phone. So you're ordering food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> About that, uh, you know. We're just yeah, and even About in the that studio. Sushi order. Exactly. Um, and even in the studio, we we sort of you know we kind of sh- split tasks, and we divide the workload in a way that where like what P does doesn't interfere with what I do, and we just report to each other. Mm-hmm. We're sort of accountable to each other somehow that works but also you know it's fun we're best friends from childhood making right. music together so it's not there's no egos there it's not like you know everything's equal and we just right I don't know yeah <laughs> you don't, you don't yeah. seem too uh, it's, no I mean it's, to us it's so simple that it's hard to explain right you know because we just like we, we both have like our brains complete each other have a very business and strict <laughs> sense of things and he has a more you know artistic visual thing and it just works it works on, it works. on the computer there's two mice yeah. seriously <laughs> like, really? on the computer there's two mice and like I sit here one is the Dave mouse and one is yep, the Dave mouse I sit here and there's the, the <laughs> keyboard's yeah. here and P's mouse is here and we're both like fighting <laughs> over the cursor uh, and wow. just like an old couple of cursor let me just I just want yeah. Yeah, a lot of that. A lot of that. Amazing. Well, we are super excited to hear the whole album, and we really appreciate your time today. And uh, good luck with the tour and everything else. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I must have been. Thank you so much to Chromio for coming in. Uh, as we mentioned in the interview, I have been a big fan of theirs for a long time. So it was just a really, really fun time to have them in and talk with them and have them be so cool and, you know, just kind of like scholars of funk music. It was super fun to talk with them. And and uh, they, uh, I think they were actually eager to do the pop shop, too. I think so, too. Yeah. They, they told us they're listeners. Yeah. Sometimes people tell us that, and we don't know if that's true. I don't know if I believe them. But I I'll ne- accept it. I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. <laughs> I'll go with the fact that Josh Groban said he listened to the show once. Tony host Josh Groban. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, it's time for the chart stat of the week. 
As we noted earlier, Diana Ross is back on the charts, and for our chart set of the week, we thought we'd take it all the way back to this week in 1965, when her old group, the Supremes, you may have heard of them, Hmm. uh, hit number one with Back in My Arms Again on the Billboard Hot 100. The single spent one week atop the June 12, 1965 dated list, and it was the trio's fifth consecutive number one on the chart. In total, the act would garner 12 number ones on the Hot 100, the most of any American group in the chart's history. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Ross herself would go on to notch six solo number ones, including the earlier mentioned Upside Down. So there you have it. This week back in 1965, the Supremes hit number one with Back in My Arms again. It's really interesting, especially when we've been talking about um, the Beatles on this very podcast, that the Supremes have the most Hot 100 number ones of any American American group. Oh, oh, American. Oh, that caveat. Never mind, The Beatles have the most of any act. I know. I was like, wait, that can't be real. But oh, American. American group. Well, this this is just in case the listeners weren't listening closely. Yeah. I'm like, helping them out. Like Katie. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. I can't read. Um, I'm not an editor for a living. Mm. I don't I don't I don't look at details and examine them for a living. Dun dun dun. <laughs> what song should we go out on? Something made the Supremes, maybe? Or something? Oh yeah, I from... love the Supremes. Well Keep I'll... Me Hanging On. I was gonna suggest either that or Someday We'll Be Together. I love both of those. So like, you know. Go, Keith, go. Someday we'll be together. <gasps> Bye everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.